Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I've actually got someone on that I've been following personally on social media for for quite a while now. It was their branding that really caught my eye with Vantage Mortgages. So we have got Adam from Vantage Mortgages on the podcast. Now, they've been going since 2019, and Adam has been a mortgage broker since 2007, but he's recently taken the step to step back from being a mortgage broker, which I know a lot of people I speak to um, have been thinking about, not sure how to do it. So we're really going to get into that. The main reason I wanted to get Adam onto the podcast is because he's been making a really conscious effort to record quality content for the likes of YouTube, uh, Instagram that I see a lot on there. And he's really pushed it up the last few months that I've seen on social media. And what I want people to see is... At the moment, the YouTube channel isn't as big as they want it to be, but I want to talk about how he's documenting that journey because there's no doubt the content that they're putting out, they'll get to those levels, but we're going to talk about a bit about behind the scenes and how he's growing it organically. So without further ado, Adam, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. Uh, You can probably see, if you are watching it on YouTube, you'll see... Um, Adam's shirt and this is something that I saw on LinkedIn it's the flowery shirt it's it's your brand anchor isn't it it's it's something that people know you for yeah I try and always have a loud vibrant awful shirt uh well (laughs) some people say awful I like it but uh yeah try and try and kind of look a little bit distinctive on YouTube so that eventually people go oh yeah that's the guy that wears a really loud shirt that's the um, one. Yeah. It's like uh, Ash Borland always wears the white polo, doesn't he? A white yeah. V-neck is always. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, you've got the other. Where'd you get all these shirts from, anyway? Um, well, to be honest, just TK Maxx normally. Oh, they're great for like unique stuff because there's no not loads of them, are there? Yeah, absolutely, and it's not overly expensive, so I can go in and buy you know three or four, and uh, yeah, it doesn't break the bank, but it, yeah, they look they look okay. <laughs> so YouTube superstar. In the future, people like. Who, who who makes those kind of shirts like what there used to be a comedy called oh, like shiny you were, you were like ted ted baker and that's yeah. what i said tend to go for uh their sort of stuff tk Maxx is going to be last season isn't it but that's that's okay <laughs> anyway we'll move off the fashion we'll move off the fashion yeah and um, so adam you've been in the industry since 2007 but yeah. you could give give us and the listeners a bit of an insight of how you got started um, so I started uh, working at Nationwide, actually, just on the counter. Um, actually, going back years and years, I used to work with horses. I rode horses since I was like really young, and okay. I used to go around the country riding horses and working with people. But I was always kind of the, I was always the the, the helper and never the rider. So I got to about age twenty and thought I should get a proper job. Uh, so landed at Nationwide, just on the counter, not really knowing what to do or what, what, what I wanted to do. Um, and a job came up for mortgage advisor. I, thought, I don't know what a bloody hell a mortgage is, never mind yeah, anything else. And they were like, no, no, don't worry, just go for it. We'll, we'll teach you what you need to know. So, uh, yeah, went for it, got it, uh, did a year or so at Nationwide and then moved to Countrywide. Oh, um, I realised you worked for Countrywide. Actually walked 
past our local Taylor's branch, Taylor's Countrywide, and saw an advert in the window, mortgage advisor wanted that, oh, give that a go. And then six years later, um, I was area manager at Countrywide, looking after the team. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of changes at Countrywide and things. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good. They taught me taught me well and kind of gave me that hunger. Although I think that's in me anyway. But that that hunger and you know drive. Got to mm -hmm. got to do well. Got to. Uh, I'm not that competitive against other people, but you know, got to do well against the leagues, wasn't it? You were, I worked at Countrywide as well. It was always the leagues. Just, you wanted to be top yeah. of the leagues, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I think in my best years, I was. I was just about top 10 at Countrywide. I think it was like, you know, hovering around 10th. So I did all right out of little old Banbury, um, you know, which uh, in the later days didn't sell many houses. But, you know, we did a decent amount of mortgage business. Um, and I guess that kind of gave me the uh, encouragement to go self-employed, really, because I knew that even though I was in a rubbish estate agency branch, no offence to whoever was in there if you're listening but I uh, didn't sell that many houses but I knew that I could get mortgage business so uh yeah went self-employed about uh 2013 oh, okay yeah in 2013 uh went self-employed with so I I kind of sat under a couple of other guys that had a firm and I, I joined them just self-employed broker uh just kind of doing my own thing in in their office uh, again in, in Banbury um that went well you know we were um you know did, did quite a lot of business um people go their separate ways don't they and uh you know we I ended up then kind of taking on the business with one of the other guys and we we ran that 50 50 for a couple of years mm. um again people go their separate ways we were quite different so we uh yeah yeah they 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 stayed they stayed where they are and, and i i left right uh, i left to go and set up um completely solo basically I left with my laptop and a list of names and and off i went to, to go solo that was that was vantage's uh his first month in uh, february 2019 wow and then that's what you've been doing yeah so advantage and then you moved on to you stepped back from being a mortgage broker i believe this year yeah, so that's that's pretty recent. So when we started, uh, it was it was me in the spare room uh, for a few months, and then then uh, Gemma came and joined me. Uh, Gemma's been with me since the start, really. A couple of months in, she helped me with all my admin, and then she got qualified, became uh, an advisor herself. So it was the two of us um, doing business together, and then twenty what is it now? Yeah, early twenty twenty, we moved offices, bought an estate agent. Thought that would be a really good idea just before COVID um, to buy a state agent. Oh, God. Uh, probably, I probably won't talk about that too much because it makes me cry. Um, so, yeah, that was 2020. Um, and then, yeah, so a new office. So that's probably when you noticed kind of new branding and stuff. That's when Julie came on board. So Julie's my wife and does all of our social posts and things, makes all the uh, bits and bobs that we do. Um, so she joined us, she does some agency things and she does our, our branding. Um, and then a couple of extra advisors, Sam and Dan, they joined us uh, at the very end of 2021, early 2022. And that's the point that I pretty much stopped writing business. I still, I still speak to customers, existing customers, 
Mm. Um, and then I, I tend to kind of have the initial chat and then sort of pass it on. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, that's that's when I step back. Um, and it's kind of one of those. Uh, so I was listening to your podcast with John Stones a few weeks ago, mm. and uh, I was listening to it in the car and I was sitting in the car park. So, got to sort of an interesting bit and I thought oh, I can't get out of the car now I'll, I'll sit here for five minutes and carry on listening and he was talking about how they expanded because they got so busy and, and, and couldn't couldn't do it on their own and I remember thinking he was talking about the pain and stuff they went through because when you when you take on advisors want to step back you need to think about replacing replacing yourself and replacing the income that's 100% yours to someone that's not quite you no offense to the other guys that they're not not quite me and you got to pay them and then you got to pay them some commission and then you you, you need you, you need probably four people at least on on our kind of current setup um i would say to to replace my income and, and sort of stand still so we're you know we're, we're at that point now where it's quite painful still i won't lie it's um i love the honesty with that because it's a big to take a step back and take you're taking if you're the only broker, you're taking 100% of the revenue out of the business, aren't you? Yeah. And yeah. you're taking a risk on four people to replace your revenue. Yeah, yeah. And now, so you've got to get 50% of the revenue from, from those people. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been tough. I won't lie. You know, it's been, been a tough couple of years, really, with, uh, with COVID and all the restrictions and, and things, being in the office. We're very much in the office. I see people saying, oh, we should have the right to work from home. And I think, well, no, that's a load of rubbish. I want people in the office. I don't work very efficiently at home. <laughs> um, but luckily, everyone on the team wants to be in the office too. So, uh, you know, we're reflexive about it, but it's, we're, we're, we're office-based, we're back in. So you've now got three brokers. Three mortgage and one protection only. So where do your where do the leads come from to feed those brokers? Because that's a big thing to go from just you to step back to give three brokers plus a protection one. Where do your leads come from? Um, so it's kind of built up over over time, really. So in in twenty nineteen, we had my my existing clients, and I had a reasonable client bank, but you know enough for me. Um, we inherited well, not inherited because we've we've kind of you know paid some money for it but uh, we, we, we had a retiring advisor a couple of years ago a uh, really lovely guy um, it wasn't based too far away so uh, we took on his client bank as well and we've, we've paid him over the last few years uh, on the back of his business so that's helped um, and then apart from that really we've, we've generated uh, we've generated stuff online through social uh, a little bit through our estate agency a little bit through a couple of other estate agents uh, so we've got We've got a fairly kind of wide mix of stuff going on, really. Um, Revenue streams, opposed to just relying on the one. Yeah. Say that's important for a business. I think so. Yeah, definitely. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. I don't, I've always been kind of in and around estate agencies, so I thought it'd be a good idea to have one. Um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I don't want to be reliant on a estate agency business because yeah. it, it can go up and down so much you know it's a bit quiet at the moment from a state agency uh so we're probably finding more stuff comes from online at the moment but then there'll be times and depending on the estate agency dealing with as well they'll they'll have busy periods and quiet periods so it, it and you're all you're also reliant on someone else remembering to ask the question for you mm, yeah whereas google puts your ad in front of someone no matter how it's feeling 
uh, uh, what sort of day it's had. Yeah, so, good point. Yeah. Interesting, just interesting to see which revenue streams you use to, to bring leads in. So that's your background, that's your company, that's how it's all set up, which is fantastic. Let's talk about social media now. What yeah. would you say is your favourite platform at the moment from a business point of view? YouTube, definitely. Right, okay. So this is one that I know the power of it, but not quite sure how to utilise it in the best way for brokers. So somebody like yourself, yeah. we were talking about the likes of Nicola McKenzie, Alex Kerr, that have dominated that market. And yeah. But it's going to be really interesting to speak to you and, and what you've put in terms of foundations to try and get to those levels. So the first thing with YouTube is where do you come up with content ideas for YouTube? To be honest, um, YouTube is like the second largest search engine in the world. So there's tons and tons and tons of content on there. Um, and I, I think, uh, and I, I've heard someone else say this as well, you, I don't think you should be afraid to see what's working for other people and sort of emulate that because okay. even if you, so you watch a video that's done well for someone else, think, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do one along the similar, similar lines. Mm -hmm. um, you're never going to say exactly the same thing and it's never going to be exactly the same content. It's going to be your version of that thing. So I tend to have a little look around on YouTube, I tend to have a little look around on other social platforms and things and look at what people are talking about. Um, I do a bit of research, I do a bit of keyword research, Google research on, you know, popular searches and things. Um, popular searches on Google, not YouTube. Yeah, and on YouTube as well. So you can, you can have, a, you, you can, I mean, you can Google it, but you can, uh, you can look at what people are searching for on YouTube relatively easily. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I kind of have a look really at what other people are talking about and what's what's done well, um, and then kind of put my own spin on it. We also look at what questions and things have, have come in uh, to us recently. Um, and I've got content written down for the next few months, I suppose, ideas, not, you know, pinned down videos, but ideas for videos. I've got a section about self-employed. That'll be a, that'll probably be a, a month or six weeks videos out of self-employed. It's quite a big subject. The, the various kind of snippets. Most of my stuff at the moment is geared towards first-time buyers because that's the biggest searches. That's the biggest, that's what yeah. most searches. And I've, I've put, I've, I've done a couple of remortgage ones as well, but the actual views and the likes and the business that's come off the back of it has mostly been first-time buyers because they're the ones doing the most research online. Um, so yeah, just buyers hopefully will be the people that will be remortgaging in two years' time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Follow habit, don't we assume? As if I found some information as a first-time buyer on YouTube, I'm going to go to YouTube again to find information about Arima or how to help pay off my help to buy loan. That's where, yeah. that's where you're playing the long game with that, aren't you? Yeah. And to be honest, I did. I put a lot of hours into researching YouTube, researching how it works, researching what the algorithm does, uh, researching what content to put on there. Because, you know, as mortgage brokers, we think, oh, well, I want to talk about, I want to talk about protection or I, I want to get remortgage business. Well, it's all very well and good. You wanting to do that. And you can put videos on that sort of stuff to you blue in the face. But if no one's searching for that, no one's going to watch it. So 
shouting in the room otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. You, you've got to do stuff that people are actually interested in, are actually looking for. And what, what tools do you use to research videos? Then you say YouTube. Is there, a, is there a way to search for certain keywords on YouTube? There is, and I've got it written down somewhere. I can't tell you exactly what it is right now. But there is a way. So how long do you spend on that YouTube keyword planner every week, would you say? Uh, I do a bit of research on a Monday. Um, for So I've, I've got an idea in my mind. Um, do a bit of research on the Monday, kind of plan it out. Um, and then the jazzy shirt goes on on a Tuesday morning, um, Tuesday's filming day. Um, um, yeah, uh, and it takes, yeah, it takes a little bit of research. It takes some planning. So I've got a big whiteboard in front of me, um, which I put, I put down. No, I don't work to a script because if you work to a script, uh, it can sound wooden. So uh, make loads of mistakes and um and R and pause and look at my notes and stuff and that all gets edited out later on okay so it just shows to people that it's not perfect take all the time you need to have a few have a few goes how long are your videos um so i tend to record anywhere between sort of 10 and 15 minutes worth of footage but by the time you've taken out my mistakes uh you tend to get a video around 10 12 minutes Okay. Uh, well, I did one the other day, which was more like seven. So it depends on the, on the subject. Um, but YouTube's all about keeping people on the channel. YouTube likes content that keeps people on YouTube for longer. So if you do a video that's three minutes long and then someone watches 30 seconds of it and then clicks off because they want to go off and do something else, you're not going to you're not going to rank you. You the more you keep people on YouTube, the more it will put your videos in front of other people. Yes, yes. So it's all about keeping that audience entertained. With shooting a video, say if you were to say, right, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to record a video today. Yeah. Um, 10 minute video. How long would it take you to set the camera up, stand there, get everything ready? How long from you getting into the office to setting it up to finishing that video before any edits? Uh, half an hour, max. Okay, right. I thought it was going to be a lot longer than that. Uh, so I've got, uh, I don't know for those on YouTube, uh, we'll be able to see this. So I've got my kind of uh, setup here. We've got the, got the wall the studio. I've got a little light over there. I've got another light there. That's class. I've got a whiteboard with all my notes and stuff. So that's already set up. That sits upstairs. It lives upstairs. It's always, it's always there. The camera's on a tripod there. So just got to put the battery in, put the memory card in and, and, and kind of press record really. I didn't think it was that quick. And then how long does it take you to edit the video then? And that well, includes like the thumbnails as well. Yeah. So that's, so when, when I started out, I was editing it myself again, spent loads of time researching, editing software and how to do it. Um, it used to take me a few hours to edit each video and they ended up looking okay, but just, probably just okay. Uh, so then just recently, the last few, and particularly the last couple, actually, uh, we've, we've kind of nailed it down a little bit more. I found uh, just someone on Fiverr. Um, oh. they're, in, they're in Lithuania. It's easy. I upload the, the footage to Google Drive. She takes it off, edits it, comes back a few days later, um, and, it's, and it's ready to go, basically. It cost me about... Uh, worse more recent ones are taking a little bit longer because you just put in some extra 
jazzy bits in, but <laughs> uh, so it's about £30 a video. See, that's not bad at all. Do you tell her where to cut those videos? No. So uh, some, sometimes if I make them, if I do two bits, uh, if I do two intros, I'll sort of say, oh, I like the first one better, or I like the second one better, but then she'll, she'll just take out the, the mistakes, or if I repeat something, she'll, she'll take it out. Um, how, many mistakes, it out. how many mistakes do you make a video? Because I find... Oh, that. God, loads. So the other, last week, the video, the footage I sent was about 11 minutes long, ended up a seven-minute video, so... <laughs> You know, <laughs> four minutes of you going. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And so, is, yeah, don't don't be afraid to make mistakes because there's there's loads of them. And that's I I like to talk about this and get behind the scenes because people will go onto your YouTube channel, watch this perfectly polished video, and think I could never do that. But nor could you at the beginning. No, no, definitely. Everybody definitely. learns and. That's what editing's for, is to get somebody on board to chop that video up into the perfect video that people see. I've been doing videos for a little while, um, but before I knew anything about editing, I'd try and shoot a video in one take, and then if I messed up, I'd be like, oh, God, I'll go and record the whole thing again now. How did you? Because I, 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 didn't, I didn't have time, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't, so that was, a, that was a nightmare. But now... Sorry. Now, now I know about editing and what can be done. You know, I can mess up to my heart's content, and uh, you know, the camera keeps rolling, and that's that's that. We we end up with a finished product a week later. The way that you're talking about how we do mock up, and you it does take a few takes, isn't it? When you upload it to YouTube, how simple is it to upload a video to YouTube? Uh, you piece of cake on the whole, um, you know, drag and drop into YouTube. It takes a few minutes to upload and go through its checks and things. Um, but then the work's not done. You know, you can't just, uh, you can't just stick a video on YouTube and call it, you know, Adam's video or whatever, you know, you, you've got to think of a, got to think of a name, got to think of a name that people are actually searching for, but it can't be clickbaity because then people will click on it and then realize it's not what you're talking about and they'll click off and that's no good for your algorithm. So it's got to be, got to be relevant, but also catchy. Mm -hmm. Your descriptions got to also be about it. You've got keywords in there that are relevant for the video and what people are going to search for. We've also got to have all the disclaimers and stuff in there as well. Links to websites and appointments and all that sort of stuff. Uh, most importantly, like huge, huge, hugely important is the thumbnail. Um, okay. So I've seen, I've seen people say, oh, here's some videos on my YouTube channel and it's just you know, the, the, the thumbnail. So the thumbnail is the still image of the video and it's just a random still of you know, halfway through the video and they're pulling a gormous face. Like I, <laughs> we did, a, we did a, a video for Facebook earlier just about some news thing and you know, Julie put it on. I was like, yeah, it's great, but I look like I'm screwing up my face because I'm mid-sentence or something. So uh, your thumbnail is you know, well over half of the thought process for someone to actually click on your video or not. You want so we try and make all our thumbnails look the same so you can tell it's our brand uh it's the brand colors it's it's me it's you know kind of catchy uh there's keywords on there for what people are looking at um yeah it's really important that all of that stuff goes goes together i'm talking like i'm a massive youtube expert you know i've got just under 200 subscribers compared to alex kerr at you know 16,000. but um we're learning, we're learning between yourself and somebody like alex is it's time 
It sounds yeah. to me using all the right keywords, and I'm no expert in YouTube whatsoever, but it's not just a case of, oh, you just upload a video to YouTube and you get the leads rolling. No. Think about the thumbnail. You need to think about the heading, the subheading, the description. But before the podcast started, we were talking about that. How long have you been doing YouTube for now? And what kind of business levels are you seeing from YouTube? So it's only been, uh, it's probably not even three months, actually. Um, I recorded the first few videos all in one go. So I had three or four, I think I had three to upload all in one go. Um, just, you know, taking my time, doing the research, getting them edited, getting the just getting it all ready to, to press go. Some people... I'm going well off piece here, aren't I? But some people say, oh, any content's good content. Just upload any content. And I have to say, I don't really agree with that because I, I spend a lot of time watching YouTube myself. Right. I'm normally watching a video about a car or a boat or a plane or something that I can't afford. But um, I, only, I only watch the videos that are good quality. So sound yeah. is, a big, is a big thing for me you know if you can't hear the person that well or it sounds amateur or it's fuzzy or you know if it doesn't, if it doesn't look good it's not going to keep the audience engaged yeah and that's that's the main thing so you don't need you need loads of stuff I mean I've got a second hand uh, DSLR camera and um, just a Rode wireless mic thing um, which is a reasonable sound. We've got sound panels on the wall and stuff to kind of block out some of the noise. Just trying to make it, it's not big budget, not big budget stuff at all, but just trying to make it so that it, it looks and sounds sounds okay. The other, um, sorry, the actual question was about leads, wasn't it? No, no, <laughs> um, yeah. How many leads are you getting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we've had a few. So mm. we, we've had, uh, we've had, can't put a number on it specifically off the top of my head. I would say we've probably had ten or so leads so far, so it's not big, it's not big numbers, but those leads they already want to use us because they've seen us on YouTube. They already know who I am. Mm -hmm. They already know that we know what I'm talking about because they've watched the video on it. So it it's a it's a very very warm lead. You know when they book their appointment, they're they're ready to kind of talk to us about it and and kind of ready to go. This is the thing, and it's a big thing on social advertising, is so many companies go around saying, I can get your leads, I can get your leads. They probably can get your leads, but how mm. good are those leads? How yeah. many leads convert into appointments and how many appointments convert into business? What yeah. you're saying is there, you've got 10 leads. You're probably going to get at least, at least eight or nine of those booked in because they've seen your face, they know who you are, they like your style, the way they give you, you give information, so they want to book an appointment with you. Yeah. So I think 10 leads is phenomenal for three months just starting out and knowing that those 10 leads are going to be 10 business cases. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> the one thing I was going to say, which is something that I was talking to Glenn Russell on the last episode, is about the items in the video. Because I can see in the background that you've got a lamp, you've got, and then you've got two, um, like, I assume they're fake plants, please. Yeah, Ikea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do you put those in the video? Uh, it's just something to just so it's not just me. So my first few videos, I had a um, like a fake wood panel background. It's just on a big hangy hangy frame thing. It was it's was fine. It just looked like I was stood in front of a wooden wall. Um, but it it's just it's all about well for for me at least, and I've done a little bit of 
YouTube research on on this. It's just making it a look a bit more professional. So I've thought about where we are and what we're doing, how we look, the lighting. So there's 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 all sorts of reasons behind the lighting. You know why one's over to the side and then one's up above and creating shadows and stuff. Things in the background to to just kind of catch the eye as well. So it's not just all about me. So the lamp, there's our strap line mortgages made simples on the wall. And mortgages made simple will then follow follow you around. It's on the website. It's on the Facebook. It's on Instagram. It, it follows it, it follows you around everywhere. So. Um, yeah, That's it's really to... interesting because I, I, I was saying behind me, I thought because I've not been huge on video, I thought, right, blue wall, got my sign. That's great. It's branding. But actually, yours is much more interesting, even though it's just a plan. It draws you right. And I like, I watch a lot of Gary Vee and he's got yeah. he's got all of his memorabilia. And that, yeah, although you're watching the video, it gives your eyes something else to watch as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a marketing guy. Uh, I think it's Canadian Wes McDowell or something like that on YouTube. I watch a lot of his stuff. Uh, he's about social media and uh, websites and SEO and things. And uh, yeah, his background's uh, really cool. Yeah, people with neon signs and things. I was going to go for a neon sign, but it was about six hundred quid. And I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll get a I'll get a vinyl one for now, and we'll get a few more leads coming, and then I'll upgrade to a neon." <laughs> so I know you're big on YouTube, but you're making a conscious effort on Instagram as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so last couple of months, Julie's taken that kind of on properly, trying to just make it consistent. Mm -hmm. So we try and kind of make the grid look consistent. You know, there's a, so when I do a YouTube video, I also record a couple of snippets. They don't both go on Instagram, they both go on Facebook. So it's just like a 30 second snippet of that video just to, well, it's something to post on Facebook, to be honest, but it, it, it then also drives people to the to the the, the video, um, and then we take uh, a tip from that YouTube video and put that on Instagram, and then something else from the video that goes on Instagram. So there's three or four things that we use on the other social platforms from that video. Mm -hmm. Then every couple of weeks we'll do a blog from one of those videos. I'm going to start doing a podcast from the videos as well for the website. So it, all links together and it all feeds back to so that. even though you've made that one video you've repurposed it into probably 10 30 second clips for social for facebook and instagram you've written a blog post about it you've uploaded a video so although that maybe takes you two hours saying total from getting it clipped to recording yeah giving you maybe two or three months worth of content off the back of it hasn't it yeah, yeah. Um, and we used to always think, oh, we need a blog this month. What should we do a blog about? Well, now, you know, we, we do a video every week. So we've got four, got four things that we could choose to do a monthly blog about. Um, so, it, yeah, it's not just the content for YouTube. It's, it's the content for all of it. And we're just, we're just trying to make it consistent. And, you know, we get, we've had a couple of inquiries through Facebook recently. The, 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 the followers on Facebook, they're not, not going through the roof, you know, when, when we're not, not the biggest by any stretch, but it's very, very slowly building. Research suggests that social media following should grow by about 30% a year. And if yeah. it's more than that, it's a huge, do you know what I mean? It's, it's massive. And that actually came from Dave Corbett talking about that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. People, I think social media and especially the likes of TikTok at the moment, this is how you gain 10,000 followers in six months. It, you, you might do, but they might be all rubbish. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. 
you got a thousand subscribers overnight on YouTube, you're like, yes. But then you think, well, actually, how many of those thousand people actually watch my content? Yeah. Probably and that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's vanity, isn't it? Versus sanity, I suppose. You know, having 4,000 Facebook followers that are, you know, people in India or wherever, other countries are available, that are just paid to, you know, follow stuff. Mm-hmm. They're never going to work with you. You know, you're better off having 500 followers that actively, you know, like your stuff or watch your stuff and actually might turn into clients one day. So it's all about building a good audience. Right. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to move on to the strategy question, which I love this part of the podcast because you get so many different answers. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a, yep. a mobile phone and an internet connection. What do you do to start generating mortgage business? Um so I, as long as I, uh, have I got a camera phone? Hopefully I've got it's a camera not, phone. Yeah, it's not a Nokia 3210. It's got a camera no, phone. <laughs> cool. Uh, so I am doing video after video after video, and I'm putting it on uh, social media. I'm looking for groups on social media. Okay. Wherever I am, we'll start, we'll start local. So, you know, if we're in the Shetland Isles local, local, uh, local Facebook, yeah, Facebook community page. Yeah. Uh, and then we're just sort of expanding out from, from there really. So if I can, if I can make videos, uh, and make myself a little website and run some Google ads, then I'm, I'm, I'm well away. That's me. So it's interesting. We've not had anybody talk about, we haven't really spoken about Google ads because we're main on to, to YouTube, but do you use Google ads to drive the website or do you use them to drive the videos? Both. So YouTube is Google. Um, Google owns YouTube. So I put not much, but a little bit of money behind a few of the uh, kind of better ranking organically. Uh, so I choose, a, I've got three or four videos, just put a few pounds a day uh, at certain times of the day behind uh, being sponsored, sponsored videos. So being a sponsored video on YouTube, not in the, you know, when you watch a YouTube video, you get the ad to come up at the start mm-hmm. and you can skip through after five seconds. It's not that. Uh, it's actually coming up in the search um, mm-hmm. your search results for you. So if you search mortgage brokers uh, or mortgage bar or whatever, um, you know, our video will come up as a sponsored sponsored video. And it's just like any other video. So, you know, we get we get quite a lot of watches from that. And it. I'm just trying to build up the audience as, as fast as I can, really. And do you do Google Ads and YouTube Ads yourself, or do you have an agency run them for you? I've done the YouTube um, ones myself. Um, I've I've done the website ones myself as well, although I don't really know what I'm talking about in enough detail. So they're paused, and uh, we, we, we just actually in conversation with someone about what we're going to do on that um, to kind of take us to the next level because we've played around with Google Ads and it does drive a fair bit of traffic to the website. We, you know, we, we, we can get traffic to the website. And again, John from Mortgage First was talking about this, you know, they're, they're big PPC mm-hmm. um, users by the, by the sounds of that, um, which kind of gives me some comfort in that we're doing we're doing the right thing i yeah. i'm not averse to paying for a lead you know we're on, we're on a couple of things where we, we do buy the odd lead I've, I've tried lots of different lead sources uh over the last few years and not many of them work but i've got one or two that are, uh, are reasonable um so i'm not averse to a bit of pay-per-click um but we are just kind of redoing the website and things uh, to make it more of a, a lead lead generation tool 
And that's it. You, it's going back to the thing that we spoke about at the beginning. It's having lots of different um, revenue streams, isn't it? Or income. Yeah. Not yeah. Anybody I found Facebook a little less reliable for leads to for traffic lately because with the new special ad categories on Facebook, we we come under the housing category and it's really really cut down what we can target. I don't know if anyone else is finding this, but it's really really cut down what we can target for mortgages on on Facebook. Whereas Google, you don't have any of those constraints. You can you know target married couples with infant children if you want and uh you know that earn between x amount yeah you know facebook have taken a lot of that away so we use facebook mostly for just a little bit of brand awareness and retargeting and things but not necessarily to to drive traffic to the website that gives us a whole overhaul we've talked facebook instagram youtube and google as well yeah <laughs> yeah. i hope this everybody listening or watching this has brought loads of value It'll be really exciting to get you on in 12 months' time to see exactly how the journey's gone. Yeah. I love to see, like, because the, the nice thing is you do a lot of Instagram stories of, of you doing the content. So if people yeah. want to follow Adam, follow him on, on Instagram, because um, it's Adam Vantage Mortgages, isn't it? Uh, Adam Mess Vantage Mortgages, yeah. Take a little look on there and you'll see him just bit by bit and you might pick up a few things. I've picked up a few things on here, especially about video, YouTube, searching for certain keywords and the thumbnail as well. It's a big thing. Yes, it's having the time to do it. I appreciate that. There's a lot of mortgage brokers that will be still working in the business and it's yeah. very hard to do this, but something for the future, put it on your list. Adam, once you, if you've got Canva, once you've got a template set up, takes me you know two minutes to just change the words and put a new photo on there and away we go well then haven't you something yeah. i'm going to do for this podcast that's that's an action point for me I'm going to start using thumbnails adam, thank you very much for coming on the podcast hope everyone no, from this go and connect with adam on linkedin on instagram on facebook and he'd be more than happy to answer any questions i'm sure about youtube absolutely yeah thanks very much for coming adam. thank you So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.